Our Lord God, we hear your word. Your word found in scripture. May it speak to us again today. May it speak to us afresh and anew. May we understand your love, your care, the blessing of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. We ask today that the Holy Spirit be upon us now. May the Holy Spirit open this piece of scripture. May the Holy Spirit guide my voice. May the Holy Spirit open our minds and our hearts to your message. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Now I just want to recap where we've been. We've been doing our message series And if we have a look over there about establishing a community of believers. And in the first four weeks of that message, we looked at how Jesus revealed himself to the believers, to Mary, to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, to Thomas in the upper room and to Paul on the road to Damascus. And then we kind of shifted gears. We moved into our second phase, which we're calling... Jesus establishes the church. And last week we looked at how Jesus actually commissioned, how Jesus sent the disciples out into the world to preach the good news. And we asked this question, were you a pioneer or were you a settler? And we had a look at how the different aspects were important for us, whether to be a pioneer or whether to be a settler. If we're a whole church of pioneers, then we never get a church. If we're a whole church of settlers, we never reach out and go into new areas. So we need that mix. We need that variety, but we are all being sent to go and do something. This week we're going to be looking at being filled And this flows on specifically from last week's message of being sent. Now, I know that we're about one week early. We're not about. We are one week early for Pentecost. Pentecost in the calendar happens next week, 50 days after the Passover. But we're going to be focusing on this because this helps us actually understand how Jesus establishes this community of believers and it's important for us. So I want to just reiterate this commissioning found in Acts from Acts 1 chapter chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus said you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. A commissioning. But notice what is being said there. What is being said there? That you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive it. The question for us, when we look at this, and I want to encourage you next week, when it actually is Pentecost, when it is the day that we celebrate it, I want you to encourage you, and we've got a little bit of red around here, come in dressed in red. 
Not that we're going to be focusing too much on Pentecost, but come dressed in red, because we should, you know, just in the traditions of things, you know, give the significance that it is that Pentecost has. But we shouldn't necessarily just leave it as one day a year. See, that's what I think within our church structure that we have a problem with. We leave Pentecost, we leave talking about the Holy Spirit, about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit upon our lives, we leave that to just one day a year. See, Pentecost is one of those important Jewish festivals. One of three that the Lord actually commanded his people to actually celebrate after they were freed from the bondage in Egypt. The other two festivals were the Passover, which is celebrated 50 days, or at the moment, um, 43 days earlier, and the Festival of the Tabernacles, which is celebrated around September, early October. Historically and theologically, the Festival of Pentecost has always been incredibly important. So it kind of has this double significance. See, first of all, Pentecost, and we need to think, we need to think Northern Hemisphere, because we, in, the, in the Southern Hemisphere, we don't quite get this. Because it was actually an agricultural festival. It was, a, it, was the, it was the day when the farmers, the grain farmers, would bring the first sheaves of wheat of crop to the temple. It was the first blessing, it was the first fruits, so to speak. In, in our southern hemisphere, we've moved to cold weather now, haven't we? It's a little cooler now. Lovely in here, lovely and warm in here, but cooler outside. We're moving towards winter. So, you know, we, we're getting the winter crops, but we're not getting wheat. We're not getting those spring crops. And so in the northern hemisphere, which, you know, Israel is a part of, you're getting that, you're getting that springtime crop. And so this makes sense within this time. It's an agricultural festival. It's a blessing of the first fruits. It's a Thanksgiving offering. And see, they would also offer these first fruits to our Lord God Almighty. They would spend a great deal of time in prayer asking for an abundant grain harvest and that it would be safely brought in. You know, we, we in our modern day, we don't get this quite as, as much as we should. But when we are, you know, needing an abundant grave harvest because it's, it's essential for our survival, then we actually do ask God to be with us in this time. Lives depend on our Lord's grace and blessings. Without this, the, the wheat coming in, you end up in danger of poverty, starvation and death. And so this is an incredibly important moment. But Pentecost is also honoured as the anniversary of the day that the Lord God actually gave his teachings, the 12 commandments, the Torah, to the whole nation of Israel at the Mount of Sinai. That's why it's 50 days afterwards. So as a result, what happens, because it's one of, one of the three festivals, one of the three feasts that are meant to be happening, that are meant to be celebrated and remembered, is that people would come into Jerusalem. They needed to come into Jerusalem. And so that's why we have a crowd of people listening to the disciples. 
Lots of people have been gathered together. And that's why this powerful message of the Holy Spirit is pretty much given on this day because those who have faith, who are celebrating the commandments of God and are giving first fruit of the harvest, those who have a religious memory in their life, they are, they are hearing the message of the Spirit of God coming upon them. Now we should never always, and I said this, we should never relegate this to one day a year. The power of the Holy Spirit is not for that time. It's not for us just to dress up in red and have flames and, and, and doves and the things that we remember about the, this time. It's not about that. It's, and I, I want to really push into this today because I want us to hear what the promise was that Jesus gave as he commissioned his disciples to go out into the world to tell everybody about the good news of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear this. Jesus said you will receive, what is it that you are going to receive? You are going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses. You'll tell people about me, about Jesus, what he has done. And you're going to do it everywhere. Not just locally, but it's going to go everywhere. See, this brings us to the point, the point of the message and the establishment of the church. What is so important is that the church needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We as the people need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is when the church was really... When the reason we celebrate it in the church and, and we make a big deal out of it is that it's really the birthplace of the Christian church as we know it. Because at that moment, they, didn't, they stopped huddling together, afraid, and they went out into the world with power. They were transformed into dynamic disciples. So when we talk about being filled, there's two things, two aspects I want us to really focus and really hone in for ourselves. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, but other also to be filled with power. See, this is what was promised the disciples, to be filled with power. Power to tell everybody about Jesus and what he has done. You know, how many of us now, before I go too far into this, how many of us feel that we are powerful? Oh, I can't see oh, one person. Tell, oh, two. Two people are saying that they feel powerful. And that's fantastic. And I think that's great because that's really a good testament. If we actually think about in our modern world and who we are, we actually are incredibly powerful. When we, when we break it down for ourselves, we, we have the ability to buy food whenever we want it. We have the ability to have warmth when we want it. We have the ability to have a job. We have the ability to go on holidays. We have the ability to get free healthcare or pay for healthcare. We have actually a lot of power. 
when we consider in the rest of the world that most of these things are luxury. And you, you may never even consider it as being power, but when we, when we actually get there and when we vote within our community and when we have the ability to say things that we don't think are right within our government and not actually be put in jail because of that, we actually have power. But that's not the power that I really want to focus on today. We, we inherently have power in the location that we live in. When we have the ability to say no to something, that is actually having power. When we have the choice to take up something, that is having power. But being filled with the power, as Scripture is talking about it here, as we hear in when the Spirit actually comes upon the disciples and actually gets them to talk in different languages. There's the power. The word that translates power. The Greek word that he's used is dunamis. It's used about 120 times within the New Testament. And, and we can kind of translate it. We, we talk about power... We could talk about strength. We could talk about ability. So, you know, we translate it into an English word, but it has a lot more significance and meaning. But it's not just power that we're talking about. It's not talking just about miraculous power or miraculous works. It's also talking about moral power and about an excellence of the soul, of who we are, our very inner being. But when we start thinking about the word, the root word that, the core, that power comes from and, and our English language, we actually get a word that really is quite interesting and I think it's really important for us. We start to get words such as dynamite and dynamo and dynamic. So if we think about power as being like dynamite, and when we think about dynamite, it's explosive. It's got force behind it, hasn't it? It, it really make, put, gives it a bang, so to speak. But when we think about this, does our life, does our Christian life, is it full of dynamite? Is it full of power? Or are we a bit wishy-washy? Do we live our Christian life in our own power, and not in God's. See, when we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, on that day of Pentecost, the disciples were filled with this dynamic, dynamite power. How many people want that today? See, today is believers in Christ. Good. We've <laughs> I've got some people going, yes, that's what I want. Today we are believers in Christ, disciples of Jesus. We are actually filled with the same power as those first disciples. We are filled with the same power. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the gift of the church. It's what drives the church. And that's what we need to have. We really should be asking for this power upon us. And that's what's going to, that's what births the church. That's what establishes the church. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit to be disciples, dynamic, dynamite disciples. We also have other words for the Holy Spirit when we come up upon this. 
And I put a couple in your talk notes for you today, just so that you can kind of hear them. And they're not all the words that we have for this, but, you know, the Holy Spirit is often called the comforter, the counsellor, the helper, the encourager, the advocate. Or if you're going into the Greek, the paraclete, for the last one, the advocate, the one that ad ad advocates for things. The one who consoles and comforts and encourages us. The one who uplifts us the one who refreshes us, the one who intercedes on the behalf to our God, our Father. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit and we have this. We have a comforter. We have a counsellor. We have a helper. We have an encourager. We have the advocate for us. The Holy Spirit is the one Jesus promises to send his disciples so let's hear the words of Jesus as found in John's Gospel, in John 14, verse 15 to 17. If you love me, keep my commands. Notice this, if you love me, keep my commands. So do we love Jesus? Are we, are we here today and we're saying, we, yeah, I'm here because I actually really do love Jesus. I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I want the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, hear this, to help you and be with you for how long? Always, forever. The Holy Spirit is not this one-off moment. It's not stuck back with those disciples. It's with us now. The Spirit will be with you ever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. What an amazing promise for us. What an amazing promise to the disciples and to us. It is the Holy Spirit that is being promised to us. And at Pentecost, which we will note next week within our lives of the scriptural journey that we have but we are focusing on today because it is really one of the aspects of establishing the church and we, we really wanted to focus on it earlier so we've got a little bit more understanding about it but because we wanted to see that we, we didn't want to jump around in the story of Jesus establishing this, the church and who we are see the church was established by Jesus with the disciples being sent and being filled with power from the Holy Spirit. See, God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And if you count yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you should be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We should be willing to go into the world to share the good news that the Messiah has come, that is Jesus. Telling about Jesus who lived a perfect spotless life, willing to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And then he rose again on the third day and conquered the power of death. See, Jesus is alive today. And the promise of forgiveness and eternal life is available to all who will trust in him as Jesus as their personal Lord and Saviour. See, God calls each of us to be a witness to the truth that Jesus saves. That he's empowered the whole, by the Holy Spirit to speak in boldness. And what happens when Peter addresses the crowd? 
empowered with the Holy Spirit, what happens? He boldly claims who Christ is. He boldly goes and tells these people who come to honour God, they come for this festival of Pentecost, of 50 days afterwards, of the handing down of the law of, of God, the Torah, and says, there's more than this. There is Jesus who fulfills all of this. Jesus is proclaimed in boldness as the only way, the one and only truth, the only life, the only way to salvation. So I want to make it personal for you. Notice that I've been doing this a little bit. How do we make it personal for you? Well, the question is, are you a pre-Pentecost person or are you a post-Pentecost person? Do you live your life as though Pentecost has not happened? Or do you live your life as though Pentecost has happened and that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit? Have you been, and the question that we've been asking ourselves, the point about establishing the church, have you been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? Here are a few things to help you decide whether you have or haven't. Do you live as a Christian in hiding? So this is, this is pre-Pentecost, in hiding, shut away, afraid what others may say or do if they discover that you are actually a Christian, that you actually believe in Jesus Christ. Or do you boldly stand and proclaim that Jesus is real, that the Bible is true, that, that Jesus is Lord and Saviour? See, the disciples were hiding in the upper room. They were afraid and then the Holy Spirit came and they were filled with power. And then they went boldly out and they, they weren't too afraid to go out. But just minutes beforehand, they were afraid to even venture outside the door. Post-Pentecost, the gospel is preached. Post-Pentecost, thousands are saved. Post-Pentecost, the church is born. And for thousands, you know, for thousands of years, disciples of Jesus have shared the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel has been spread. There has been power. The Holy Spirit has enabled these people to do this. And in this generation, in this community, in our families, in us, the Holy Spirit can actually bring revival to us. He can move in power and live, lives can be changed and transformed. The Holy Spirit has, has, not has not changed and he lives within us and he empowers us to go and spread the good news, empowers us to have a life full of purpose and reason. So the question is, will you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you to give you power? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you to spread the good news of Christ? Will you become a blessing to others? Will you be willing to proclaim the truth of the gospel? Will you let the Holy Spirit do a fresh work upon you today? Now we hear in the scriptures about tongues of fire landing on people's heads. And that visual image of that, of the flame and the fire and the red and the power. And it's a symbol of power. Fire is power. 
and passion and dynamic. So let us allow this dynamite, dynamic power of the Holy Spirit to really bring spiritual growth and let us release the spiritual gifts within our lives that we may see, we may change, we may transform, that miracles may happen in our lives and those around us, that lives will be changed around us. So let us just pray for this now. What I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes in this time of prayer because I want you to really be honest with yourself. I want you to actually think about how you are actually placed within your walk with Jesus Christ. I want you to see where you are placed with the Holy Spirit, whether you actually have the Holy Spirit upon your life. I want you to close your eyes and if you feel that you are being led right now, being led to, to ask for the Holy Spirit to be upon you, I want you to just raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand and ask for, to pray this prayer with me. Oh Lord God, I know that you are my Lord and Saviour. I know that you are the one that came to, to the earth in the person of Jesus Christ. I know that you died for my sins. I know that you raised up again in new life. And Lord... May the power of the Holy Spirit come upon me today. May the power of the Holy Spirit come on me throughout my whole life. May this change our lives. May we commit ourselves to the work of God that is before us. May we boldly go and preach the good news of Jesus Christ to all and to everybody. May we have a dynamic power. Lord God, may your Holy Spirit be upon these people today as we raise our hands and ask for the Spirit of God to come upon us. May your blessing be upon these people. May you really drive the Holy Spirit down upon us and give us a blessing that is beyond all blessings. We ask this in the name and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.